Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Next air here today for October 12th, 2023, as part of the 10-year celebration of the show all month long here on WrestleRant Radio. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? Are you feeling the uh, celebratory vibes here today? Yeah, I'm doing well. I mean, I'm on the graphic now. I guess I'm official, pal, and uh, it's a great start <laughs> to the, uh, let me check my notes, next era. Only took 10 years, right? Hey, 10 years of blood, sweat, tears, getting kicked <laughs> off for a month that I forgot about, but uh, hey... I made the big time, pal. <laughs> Old expression, better late than never. But we're here now, happy to be chatting with your brother here, celebrating 10 years of the show as we were last week. First show of not only the new era, the next era of WrestleRant Radio for the five people that understand that reference, including yourself, Mr. Marceau. Uh, NextEraWrestling.Weebly.com. Still a valid URL, ride, by the way. Redirects you to WrestleRant.com. New episodes every single week, by the way. WrestleRant.com. WrestleRantRadio.com. iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Podbean, uh, we're on iTunes Radio, or all, all the usual podcast platforms, Pandora and uh, Amazon Music as well. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, never miss a new episode every single Thursday. Are also starting to put up the new episodes on YouTube as well, probably the day after, so keep an eye out for those. Um, but we have a lot to get to here today, Mr. Uh, Marceau. A lot to get to into on our first episode of the new era as we talk about... Uh, a lot of different stuff from Fastlane last weekend. Triple H apparently being knighted as the new head of creative control in WWE by Endeavor. We'll get into that. Some thoughts on Raw from Monday night. Kind of feeling like a new era, so to speak, of the uh, red brand on Monday night. A potential war games on the horizon reported earlier this week at Survivor Series coming up next month. Uh, WWE World Heavyweight title match set for Crown Jewel. Previewing SmackDown tomorrow night and some thoughts on the one at only Tuesday Night War between NXT and Dynamite uh, a couple days ago. A lot of thoughts on that, and we'll get into all of that. But we got to get into this first, Mr. Marceau. Uh, I feel like this is a weekly occurrence here on the show. We talked about it last week. I'm going to ask you again about it here because it was once again making the headlines after we wrapped up last week. That being the latest update on one CM Punk. Now, he left AEW about a month ago. Um, no one really knew what the future held. We haven't heard from CM Punk in any official capacity since then. But the word, the scuttlebutt, so to speak, since then has been that he might be WWE bound at some point. The word even a month ago when he left AEW that weekend was that he wanted to go back to WWE a year ago when the initial incident first went down to the AEW and the Bucks and Brawl Out and whatever. It sounds like to me, reading the latest updates in the last week, that Punk wants to be back in WWE more than WWE wants him back. Kind of a uh, reversal of the roles from a couple of years ago when WWE would have loved to have Punk back and Punk wasn't certainly sold on it at that point in time. At this point, it seems like he knows his options are limited. He can't go back to AEW. He's not going to fucking impact, I don't think. I know they're hosting Bound for Glory in Chicago in a couple of weeks. I don't think Punk's going to be in the impact zone, pal. So can't exactly count on that, but he knows the money is to be made in WWE. 
Um, so the first update a week ago on Friday from House of Wrestling was that Punk, I think either from the Punk camp or from the WWE side of things, was that he was almost set in stone for Survivor Series. It was a safe bet, rather, was the term that they used for Punk appearing at Survivor Series in Chicago, which is coming up in about six weeks. So people were excited. I was excited. Listen, I know the circumstances surrounding the situation, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to having Punk back. I know the guy's a drama queen from time to time, and he can be problematic. But listen, I'm a Punk guy. I'm looking forward to seeing him back at some point. So I was excited when I read that. The next update came a couple days later from Fightful, a bit more of a credible source, I would say, when it comes to this sort of stuff. And they said that uh, WWE, at that point in time, on Tuesday or Monday, had not had negotiations yet with Punk. I don't think they had noted specifically they don't want him back. They just said, we haven't had talks with him, um, and nothing set in stone as of right now. Not that they did or did not want him back, but there were no active negotiations, which were which was the initial report a week earlier from other outlets. And then it um, you know, came out that he wasn't going to be at Survivor Series, and that they didn't want to get people's hopes up, and that this... These thoughts were coming from people that would not be trying to work the sources. The latest update then came after that just yesterday from Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer Radio, saying that Punk um, was not actually coming back to WWE and that WWE did not want him back. Punk wanted back in, WWE does not want him back. And I guess Top Talent also did not want him back. I mean, I've seen... You know, conflicting things on that. But again, we're hearing from all sides of the wrestling media in the last week. Will he or won't he? Will CM Punk head back to WWE? When you read all this, Mr. Marceau, what are your thoughts as far as... Do you think he is going back at some point? Do you think he's coming back soon? Or do you think this is all just a fantasy? Um, I think he's coming back. I think just like the widespread or the wide change of reports, to me, seems like they're trying to like hush-hush it. Because it was, like you said, right when he left, it was like, oh, yeah, he's WWE bound. Like, they both have interests. Um, we, like, seemed like credible sources were saying, like, oh, yeah, he's, no, like, pretty much sandstone coming back. And then within the last couple of days, it's like, oh, actually, WWE doesn't want him. Uh, there's not, no, like, there's no contact. Like, they don't, sources with Punk said that he's not going back or there hasn't been contact. So, I feel like it's, to me, it was like set in stone and now it's kind of getting to the point that's like oh like actually like it's not gonna happen so i think it's more of a to me i would say that's more like a hush hush like oh yeah he's not coming back to kind of like diet down and then maybe him come back but i just feel like going from 100 down to zero back to 100 like they said it was definitely gonna happen in the works now it's not gonna happen so i feel like it's more of a hush-hush thing, but I think you'd still come back. You think that there are active negotiations going on right now, and they're just trying to work people by saying that there's not? Or are you just trying to say that if there are going to be negotiations, they wouldn't be talking about it openly because they would want to make it more of a surprise? I think that... It, I, God, I don't like the way you worded that one. <laughs> I would say that... there's. I don't know if there's definitely active going on like right now, but I think there, there's a good chance of them coming. Like I said, why would they say there's a good chance all of a sudden go right back on that? Well, could be like two different of, sources. That's true. I mean, I, I still think there's a good chance he comes back. I think, I don't know, when I first hear that source, or when I first see that report, rather, coming out a week ago, saying that it's a safe bet that he's in Chicago, I think that's coming, if it's coming from someone within the company, 
I think it's coming from someone that understands it would only make sense for him to be there with it being in Chicago, coming off the AEW release, if he's contractually free by then. We still have no idea. The only thing we have to go off of is that one comment he made on an MMA you know, show, an event that he was doing commentary for a couple of weeks ago, saying that, oh, I got the next two months off, making people assume, oh, well, Survivor Series is in two months. He could, he, he could show up there if he wanted to. I mean, that's not set in stone. Um, I, I think it's just more of a case of that there are no active negotiations with Punk and that any thoughts of him coming back might be coming from the Punk camp. Trying to put that out there, getting fans' expectations so high that WWE might ha- might not have any choice but to bring him back. Do you think that's plausible or am I just putting on my uh, tinfoil hat conspiracy hat here? I mean, I don't think there's like a, they have to bring him back, but I think if they were going to, it'd make the most sense to have him come back at Survivor Series it's in Chicago. I think it would make the most sense at that time. Um, I mean, I don't think they have to, but I mean, I th- it just dep- I guess it really just depends on where they see him. Like, if they really think he's a big draw and they need to bring him in, then yeah. But if they think that it'd just be more of a distraction, then I would understand not bringing him in. But I think if you're going to, I think obviously Survivor Series would make the most sense. Well, you mentioned whether it's worth the distraction. Is it worth the risk to bring in CM Punk, or do you think, which in my opinion, I'm not just saying this because I want to be biased, I'm a Punk fan or whatever, I don't know, I just feel like 10 years ago when he was last there, not that it was all peachy and great and everything was amazing, I mean, he obviously clearly had issues, but we also didn't hear reports about, which we would have had it happen, of backstage brawls and him banning people from the Raw tapings. Like, obviously people change, maybe he's a more bitter person now than he was even 10 years ago, but he clearly, 10 years ago, was not in a great spot either. I just feel like he knows in WWE he doesn't have the same... I mean, I feel like that creative freedom can be a great thing and a bad thing. With Punk, it ended up being a bad thing both ways. I mean, the creative freedom was great in AEW for him from an on-air standpoint. Behind the scenes, when he came back from his second injury um, and his suspension, it seemed like he had almost too much power and no one was telling him, hey, you can't be doing that. And had that Jack Perry incident not happened, something else probably would have led to his departure. But, I mean, at the same time, he probably would still be allowed to let people not appear on collision and want this own you know, want his own little vibe for the show, his own little locker room for collision and all this other sort of stuff. Is it worth the risk to bring back CM Punk or does WWE feel like, listen, if he's in under our umbrella, if he's at a press conference for us, he's not going to be pulling the same shit he was over there. I feel like that's like the million dollar question. I think it is worth it. I'm not even like a punk guy, um, but I think it's worth it. Like I said, I just feel like if it goes south, you can just immediately cut ties with them. Um, I also think just with a different environment, I think it'd work better. Um, but I think it's worth it. I mean, if they don't think that, that's fine. I don't think it's like the end of the world if they don't bring him in. Um, but I think, I don't know, I feel like it would be kind of dumb to just not, like, with the buzz of him, like I said, in Chicago, I feel like it's definitely worth it. Um, it's not like he has that many years left to capitalize on all the popularity that he still has. I mean, our run back in WWE definitely has some, some momentum. I mean, people definitely would want to see him back in WWE. Um, but I would say it's worth it if you're asking me just a straight-up question. If he does come back, which it sounds like you're, you're thinking he will, and I do too, I think it's more a matter of when and not if. Survivor Series would make sense with it being in Chicago. I don't want to get my hopes up as far as, like, it's a different situation, but I think of uh, Brooklyn when we went two years ago for Survivor Series, and The Rock didn't show up. And everyone thought he would. I mean, that only made sense because they were advertising it literally as a rock 25th anniversary show, and he wasn't fucking there. (laughs) Not that they're advertising punk, but again, it just makes sense. Not to say that it would happen or it will happen. 
I don't think it will. I feel like the, the wound is still fresh, not only between Punk and WWE, but the AEW wound as far as, like, this just happened. He just got fired. We may not want to seem too desperate to rush to bring him back. We might want to hold off a little bit longer. But if you are booking things, if you're Vince McMahon, if you're Triple H, and again, that was the word for Meltzer that Nick Khan, Punk, or no, I'm sorry, not Punk, but Nick Khan, Triple H, and Vince, none of them wanted him back, which... I don't know. The Vince one I might be able to believe because the report earlier this year was that when Punk went to Raw in Chicago, he met with Triple H, albeit briefly, which was a bizarre incident in and of itself. And it was Triple H, or rather Vince, when he heard that Punk was there, that he had him removed from the building. Which makes sense. I mean, the guy worked for the opposing company. That could be a loss that waiting to happen. Um, I don't know if I necessarily believe that. But if he is to come back and you're Vince McMahon... When do you bring him back? Is it Survivor Series? Or, the million-dollar question, do you hold off until, like, the Royal Rumble? Again, the 10-year anniversary of when he walked out of the company. I don't know if it sends the best message to have him win, necessarily. But when would you do it? Survivor Series, Rumble, or pull a Cody and wait until WrestleMania or the night after WrestleMania? Those were your three options. I would do Survivor Series. Okay. Get the most out of him as soon as possible? Yes. What's the first program that makes sense, you think? With the current landscape of the Raw and SmackDown rosters. I feel like the if he would come back, would be him. I feel like him versus Rollins and WrestleMania would be the program. Sure. Um, do you, do you honestly, slowly build to that? You could. I, I feel like that's a long time. That was a yeah. four, that's what months. I mean. That's why I think the Rumble would make more sense. Yeah, I think it, I, I just feel like Chicago just makes so much sense that I just feel like it would be dumb not to do it then. Sure. Like you said, I mean. I don't know. It's that's tough. I honestly try to think. I feel like him and Cody would be nice, but I feel like that's money worthy. It's not like blow it off in a couple of months. So yeah, I don't know. But I would definitely. I think if they're going to do it, they should do it in Chicago. I agree. Listen, as far as if it's Chicago or not, I mean that's fine by me. It could be the Rumble. I mean it doesn't. You know, I, I'm fine either way as far as whichever way they go. If he is to come back. But if he does come back, you mentioned the money match being with Rollins at WrestleMania. Rollins just retained the World Heavyweight Championship at Fastlane. We all thought, I mean, not everyone, but I mean, I, I did think we were getting a cash-in at the end of that show. New World Heavyweight Champion Damian Priest. That did not happen. Um, it could still happen at Crown Jewel. It could happen before Crown Jewel, after Crown Jewel. It could happen at any time. Um, I mean, he could hold on to it for a year. He won it in July of this year. He could hold on to it until July of next year, which we don't ordinarily see. It would be nice if they tried something different with that. Um, I guess we'll find out in due time. But Punk and Rollins, I would agree, based off the little teases they've uh, kind of uh, hinted at on TV lately and the pl- and the seeds they've planted, intentionally or not, that's the match to do. I think you can reference the comments he's made about Punk in outside interviews. It just makes sense. They also have great chemistry from their matches in WWE and beyond that. Um, but with, with, with Punk, though, if he does come in, let's say, I think the way to set up that match is to have him win the Royal Rumble. And then Cody can go after Roman, doesn't have to win the Rumble. How you set that up, I don't know. But with Punk and Rollins, he wins the Rumble, the match he never won, and gets the main event at WrestleMania he never had. And they have a World Heavyweight title match, he wins or loses, whatever. If that's to happen, though, do you think that sends the right message as far as, like, this guy walked out on us 10 years ago? Right or wrong, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. We've talked about that before. At least in the fashion in which he did it. He walked out of our company. He talked shit about our company talk shit about the people that work there, and the, the bosses specifically, went to the opposition, talk shit about the company even at that point, when it seemed like he was in a better place in his life and not as bitter, and he still talked shit about WWE publicly on the show, 
And now he's only coming back because he got fired. Does that send the right message that they were to put him over in a major marquee match at Mania, taking away a spot from someone like a Gunter or someone else on the active roster, which was the issue, something he took exception to 10 years ago when The Rock came back? Yeah, I mean, like I said, that, but I feel like that's what could theoretically to WWE not seem like it's worth it because they have they see bigger things than other stars like Gunther or someone else. They like they'd rather see them in the spotlight than put Punk in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like so I feel like that's what it really comes down to. I think if they think he's worth it, then you're going to put him in that spot. But if you don't, then you're going to give it to someone else. So I I mean I think it's a good problem to have, I guess. Um, but I definitely understand if he came back and took a spot for someone else, it's definitely shitty for someone that's been pushed all year, like Gunther or someone that could use that spot. Yeah, I mean, listen, as of right now, there's no, at least as far as we know publicly, there could be internally, but there's no matches set in stone for WrestleMania. Sometimes many months out, we have an idea of what they might be doing, We, as we have in years past. This time, we really don't know. On the SmackDown side of things, it's very likely to be, especially coming off that comment from Michael Cole towards Cody Rhodes on Monday's Raw, it's bound to be Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes again for that championship. But now we have two titles, and you can have the other championship made event the other night. We don't even know what the women's matches are going to be. Something involving Jade or Rhea, Bianca, Charlotte could also main event night one instead. Or, I mean, probably not night two. Roman's always going to be the night two main event. Let's let's be real here. Um, do you think the Punk situation, last thing on this, do you think it's comparable to the Rock thing? Where, again, where we talked about this before, and other people have made this case with The Rock, where if he comes back, he's taking a spot away from other people. Now, at the same time, you have to remember, it would be big for business for The Rock to come back. From a storyline standpoint is why I'm not in favor of Rock and Roman at WrestleMania for the championship, just because I don't think it doesn't need to be for the title. I feel like that's a waste. The Cody match makes more sense. They had Cody lose last year. He needs to win this year. Blah, blah, blah. But the principle of Rock coming in and we have all these full-timers, a lot of people that are over right now, Cody, LA Knight, Jey Uso, um, a lot of big baby faces in both brands. And then The Rock comes in and, and gets that main event over all of them. Is it the same thing with Punk, or, or would, it, would it be different with Punk if he were to be like a full-timer compared to Rock, who's only there for one match, and Punk could win and hold the championship for more than a month? It's different, I think. I mean, The Rock's just The Rock at this point. I mean, I guess back then it was the same thing, but there's just... I don't know, he's just, the, like, he's one of the biggest stars in the last 20 years, even of all time in WWE, so I feel like he gets just special treatment, and especially if it was against Roman, like, the stories there, that's, like, the pinnacle of the whole Bloodline storyline, um, so I think it's a little bit different with Punk, I mean, I guess he's, like, been wrestling recently, so it's not like he's been out of wrestling for years, like The Rock had been at that point, just came back to get a title shot, basically, um, but I think Rock's just totally different. I think if it's Punk, it, it definitely seems uh, like more part-time. It doesn't seem as good as it would be if it's The Rock. Well, The Rock's just coming in for that one match. I would assume if Punk re-signs with WWE that he'd be around for a few more matches. I'm actually kind of curious what route they would take with Punk, whether they... Because remember, Edge had said when he left WWE in that press conference at WrestleDream that they didn't want him working more than 10 matches a year because it would feel not as special whenever he came back which is understandable, and there's an argument to be made either way. We talked about it last week. Um, with Punk, I, I'm curious if they would feel that way, or knowing that he worked a full-time schedule in AEW, that he could do the same in WWE. I think he still can. I mean, Edge is older than CM Punk. Not by that much, but I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think Punk should be working... I think he should be working the Raws and the SmackDowns. Maybe not every single week, but I mean, I do feel like if he were to come back, he should probably be on a full-time schedule again. Just my opinion. I don't think he'd be opposed to it, but if he was, 
Maybe that's why he doesn't come back. A lot of questions there. We'll get to it as the story develops in the coming weeks and months. It's it, The Punk thing will just never end. Whether it's coming from his end, the WWE end, or the fans end, he will always be talked about until he comes back. And even when he does come back at some point, I'm sure there's more stories to be told there as well as far as stuff going on beyond the scenes that we'll find out about in due time. Um, but that was the Punk stuff. I do want to talk quickly about Fastlane from last weekend. Kind of lost in all the noise of all the stuff going on this week with Raw and the Tuesday Night Wars and everything else. Um, but I did think it was a really good show overall. We had Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso unseating Damian Priest and Finn Balor to become the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions. Carlito making his uh, return finally to WWE TV as a regular, reportedly, um, alongside Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar. We talked about that last Thursday. We called it. It happened. Um, beating Bobby Lashley in the Profits, which is what I was not expecting. Io Sky retaining the WWE Women's Championship in a triple threat with Charlotte Flair and Asuka. A good match there. Uh, we had LA Knight and John Cena knocking off the Bloodlines, Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa, and then again in the main event for the World Heavyweight Championship, Seth freaking Rollins retaining against Shinsuke Nakamura in a great last man standing match. Uh, what were your thoughts and top takeaways from last week's Fastlane pay-per-view? I thought it was a solid show. I mean, um, it was only five matches here, so it wasn't like overkill with the matches. Um, I thought they all were pretty good. Um, I mean, the, the opening match, Cody and Jay winning, I, I think me and my dad literally jumped off the couch when when Cody and Jay won. Big, big fans here. Um, so definitely excited for them. I thought it was a great match and just pop huge for the, uh, like the Cody Cutter 1D kind of finisher. I went nuts. Um, it was great to see Judgment Day get knocked off there. So definitely a good start to the show. Uh, like I said, Carlita coming back was nice. I was a little surprised Bobby and the Profits lost, but I guess you have like a returning legend that makes sense. They didn't like, in theory, think he was coming. He came in at the end of the match. Whatever, I'll let that go. We'll see more to probably tomorrow night. Io, uh, Oscar, and Charlotte, I thought was a great match. I mean, got three of the best women. Just very happy Io won. Uh, I like Oscar, but don't think she needs to be holding the championship right now. And Charlotte was posting 15 times, and I got scared. And I'm just very glad she didn't win here either. <laughs> um, I like Charlotte, but I just, she, they just, I don't know. It's like, I understand she's got to be in the title picture just because she's like the top, like one of the best, but. It's just so overdone to me. I feel like even when she goes away, it's just right where every time she comes back, it's just right in the title picture. And I just don't want to see that right now. I feel like there's so many good stars, just like EO, uh, who needs the spotlight right now. Uh, the tag team between Knight and Cena and Bloodline, it was, what, it was good for what it was. Uh, like I said, I, I, I don't think we either of us thought there was any chance uh, Knight and Cena would lose. They didn't. I just kind of go back to my point last week. Just really wish Jimmy Uso would win a little bit more. The guy's just constantly just losing, and I wonder what Roman's going to do to them tomorrow night, especially after Jay won uh, tag team gold as these two lost here. And I thought the main event was okay. Um, I feel like Shinsuke hit him with everything besides the bazooka. Rollins still made it through it, retained here. It was still good, but I don't know. I feel like they go with like strong in defeat, but if anything, just I, I just feel like like he hit him with everything. Like hit him with yeah. the mist. Hit him with the Kinshasa. Uh, hit him through the lat. Like, he threw him. I'm pretty sure he fell through a table after he got misted. Still got up. I just... And it was a lot. Um, I'm glad Rollins won here. Um, didn't want Shinsuke to win, but I uh, felt like it was a little bit much. But it was, it was a good way to end the show. Uh, but all in all, I thought it was a, a solid beat. Review. Like I said, not too many matches, so it wasn't like I was sitting through, like, 15 matches. So I thought it was a solid show. 
Yeah, no, I thought it was a good show. I enjoyed the three hours. Uh, I was surprised they only went with five matches. I was fully expecting a segment of some sort, like we had the Grayson Waller effect at Payback last month, or a Jade Cargill segment. She showed up as well, which was a nice surprise. Uh, not in the arena. I mean, she showed up to the arena via uh, WWE.com video, and that was it. I, th- I thought we might see her at ringside, or she would come out for a promo. Nothing. That was that was it. That was the she extent- was on the pregame. They showed her on the pre-show. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. They, so they showed it oh. on the pre-show, and then they replayed it on the main show, and that was it. So I thought there was more to it. That was just the extent of the appearance, and that's fine. They want to tease you that she's there. Same thing that we saw in NXT, which I think is cool, and we'll talk about that at some point as well. Um, yeah, so a lot of questions coming out of the show as far as each of these matches here. As far as the main event goes, I'll work my way down from the top of the card. Starting with the Last Man Standing match. I enjoyed this match. I thought they had a really good match. There were... Last Man Standing matches are very hit or miss. Because I feel like a lot of these matches can be very fucking boring. And there were definitely portions of this match that, that were not the most thrilling, admittedly. But I thought they worked well together. I've enjoyed the Shinsuke push. I actually saw more people than I thought that were upset that Shinsuke lost. And I think... I don't know if it had to do with Shinsuke losing or Rollins winning. I mean, it was the it was the outcome we expected. Would I have been happy with Rollins winning? Yes. Did I expect a cash-in afterwards? I did. And that did not happen. I I, I only expected a cash-in because Damian Priest and Balor lost in the opener when we weren't expecting them. We'll get to that momentarily. I wasn't like, oh, man, we should have... We, I, I was so pissed that we didn't get a cash-in. It doesn't really matter. We could still get to it you know, some point. Hopefully it's successful. Uh, we'll save that for another time. But with Rollins and Nakamura... What your thoughts on the outcome? I know you're not the biggest Shinsuke guy. I've really loved his heel work lately. I'm not going to sit here and tell you advocating that he should have won this match. Um, but I feel like we were in the same spot at SummerSlam with people really hoping that Balor would beat Rollins, and he didn't. Um, again, I don't think it's a Rollins issue. I don't think there's any real issue with his run. He's had great matches with Balor, Priest, Braun Breaker in NXT, now Nakamura. He's had a pretty good run overall. Um, maybe people just wanted something new. Because this was it for Nakamura. If he wasn't winning here, he was never going to win the championship. I mean, you could say the same thing five years ago. And the other last man standing match he had for the WWE title when we were there, Money in the Bank 2018, against Styles, and he lost that too. Um, Your thoughts on the outcome as far as, like, do you think this would have been a nice time to pull the trigger on a Nakamura surprise win, even if Rollins got it right back soon after? Or were you happy that Rollins retained and we can now just move on? I was happy Rollins retained. I'm not a big fan of Shinsuke's heel run right now. I think it's like... It's good for if you need a heel, but just Shinsuke in it. I don't know. I just don't really love him in that role. I just haven't really been a fan of it. I think it's more the fact that, like, I love Rollins. The character, just to me, I just can't. I hate it. I literally hate the character. And it's it's the same thing he was doing before, but now he's a face. And just he's still doing, like, the same, like, the goofy outfits and the, the bad laugh and... It's just, I think it's a character, for me specifically, it's like, I'm not mad that Rollins won because I didn't want Shinsuke to win, Mm -hmm. but like, if Damian Priest cashed in, I wouldn't have like, lost my mind, like, for me, for Rollins, it's just the character itself needs like, to go, or it needs to be tweaked, the whole like, goofy, the freaking Rollins stuff needs to be moved, it's just not good to me, the outfits are brutally bad, the laugh is even worse. Um, I, it's like, are we supposed to cheer him? He's still doing the same things he was doing as a heel, as a face. He's, I just, I think that's why people are like, not I'm say upset, but we're kind of, like you said, I'm not sure if they're upset that Shinsuke lost or Rollins won here, but I just think his character work needs to be tweaked because the whole freaking Rollins for me lost its loss, especially when he went babyface. 
Do you think it's an issue of him just being the champion in the sense that one of those Twitter accounts that just post opinions and, and it gets like a million retweets and stuff and likes and whatever. I mean, they posted a pretty good point after the pay-per-view. Whenever Rollins is not champion, people are advocating him to be the world champion. He had not been world champion for four years before he became world heavyweight champion back in May. He last held the Universal Championship in, this, in the fall of 2019 during that dreaded Bray Wyatt feud, obviously. And he finally got the gold back earlier this year. And then when he is champion, like we saw in 2019 and at other points in his career, maybe not necessarily in 2015, I, I don't really remember much backlash at that point. Then again, he was a, he was a heel at the time, so it was a, a bit more you know tolerable, I guess. But the comment was that when Rollins is not champion, people want him to be champion. And when he is champion, people do not want him to be champion. Do you think that's a, an issue with the booking of Rollins? Or just, again, is it the character as far as like... I'll answer my own question first and then throw it to you. I don't think that he needs to be in chase mode constantly. Because, again, there's something to be said with certain characters being in chase mode. Certain people are just better chasing than they are as champion. I don't think Rollins is one of those guys. I do agree with you where I feel like he can be a great, and he has been a great champion, I feel like he could be better if the character work was better. Because the whole freaking Rollins thing, the outrageous outfits, I know it's unique to him, and he's probably having fun with it and whatnot, but it also feels like, not he himself, not to take a shot at Rollins specifically, but it feels like the character is WWE resting on its laurels, knowing the theme song is over, and then just going off of that and then honing it all in, or kind of phoning the rest of it in, if that makes sense. No, I completely agree. Like, they're still doing, like, before the match, like, the whole, like, whoa thing, and they turn the lights off, and he sits there and, like, acknowledges it. it, it that was that was literally tired maybe six months ago. Um, I, like I said, I think he, he – perfect. I like how you worded it because I think he is – one of those better people as champions as the, instead of being a chaser. But I just also think people want to see him lose. And it's maybe it's just the booking. I, I don't know. Like, like you said, like people are interested, interested in like this new heel run for Shin. I feel like Finn, the story was there that like he had lost the belt to Rollins at that SummerSlam because mm-hmm. he got hurt. Had like a good like he's going to win the belt. Basically, do the same thing Shin did, like hit him with everything but the kitchen sink, couldn't win. Um, but yeah, I agree. I think it's just, I don't think it's wrong specifically, but fans are just fickle. I, I just, I mean, you can yeah. put the belt on Cody tomorrow and they, they'd want him to lose it immediately. So, no, definitely. Um, I don't think it's a Rollins per se issue because I think anyone wants, to, every time anyone that wins a championship that the fans are fighting for, you'll see in two or three months, like, oh, I got to take the belt off them. So I don't think it's him specifically. Uh, but I think the character work, like you said, I think they're resting on, hey, this, the the music's over, the stupid woeing's over, so we're just going to keep the belt on Rollins for now. He's not going to change his character, which, like I said, makes no sense because he's a heel. So why are we supposed to cheer for him when he's still doing, like, the maniacal laugh, the dumb outfits? I think they're just, like, happy with, like, him getting a reaction, like, I guess you can just say he's always getting a reaction because everyone likes to do with the woeing. Uh, but for me specifically, um, that was kind of over uh, six months ago. Yeah, I mean, I go back to the night after WrestleMania when they did that dumb segment where he came out, played to the crowd, and that was it. I know he had said in other interviews since then that that wasn't the original plan and shit changed or whatever, but it was still pretty dumb. He just came, I was there. I mean, it was the stupidest thing. He walks away and we're like, what the fuck just happened? And I feel like we see a lot of that from week to week. Not that exact same segment, but in terms of he comes out, 
He panders to the crowd. For every match and segment that he does, the crowd sings for five minutes. And listen, it saves me time when I'm speed searching through fast forward and whatever on DVR. I will give him that. It saves me time on that front. I don't miss any of his promo. I just miss the whole crowd chanting because it's fucking annoying. And I like the song too, but it's just one of those things where there's no evolution there. And it's ironic with him because I feel like Rollins, specifically more than almost anyone else in this company's history, or at least recent history, I'm sorry, not, not ever, but lately... Um, maybe in addition to Roman Reigns, is one of the best character arcs from his Shield days to being on his own, being a heel, becoming a face organically, uh, organically, turning heel organically four years ago, now becoming a baby face again, being popular and over in that role. People aren't booing him now like they were four years ago. That's the difference. He's really over right now. But I just feel like the character itself could be so much more interesting. I guess my issue is, is that no matter what happens, Nakamura threatens to like jeopardize him holding his child but he comes out all smiles and laughing and doing the song thing it's the same thing every single week and if he shows any signs of any intensity or getting serious it's right back to being the same thing a week later that's what i don't like about it and that's what i would wish they would uh, kind of adjust with his character and hopefully they can improve upon that i'm not expecting it though because we've seen the same thing from him for six months now i don't think it's a case where he needs to lose the championship just to put that out there um i i was hoping for a cash in but they might be waiting for a different time, and it might be a long-term story they're telling with Priest, or they just have no fucking clue, but it did not happen on this show. Uh, with Knight and Cena beating the Bloodline, it was a glorified house match. It was a glorified house, house show match, excuse me. Um, but it's pretty clear LA Knight is not finished with the Bloodline, in that he might be and probably will be challenging Roman Reigns at some point. I know we're talking on Thursday and tomorrow SmackDown, the grand season premiere of the Blue Brand. Uh, when would you pinpoint LA Knight and Roman Reigns? It's coming at some point. Do you do it at Crown Jewel? Do you do it at Survivor Series, which Roman Reigns isn't currently advertised for, but you know, it's possible. Or do you wait until the, uh, the Royal Rumble in January? Uh, I would say Royal Rumble. I feel like he's, I think, I mean, if reports say it's probably going to be Cena versus Roman at Crown Jewel, no thank you, but, <laughs> God um, no. I think with Knight, you can keep building it up, uh, if they do some kind of, War games at Survivor Series, you could probably get the, him over again, um, and that leads to Royal Rumble versus Roman. Or you could do the the show in Perth though, if you really wanted to oh, flush right. it out which, yeah. as well. But I think Royal Rumble, I think that'd be like a nice little, like nice little main, like nice title match at, at the Royal Rumble, like a nice uh, kind of addition to the card besides just your normal Royal Rumble attraction. I think that's a nice little title match. LA Knight super over uh, versus Roman Reigns there. So I, I think. Uh, I'd probably either do Royal Rumble or the Elimination Chamber show in Australia. Hey, listen, if you do it at the Royal Rumble, I just thought of this, it kind of solves the issue of if you do the match on that show, he won't be in the Rumble. Ergo, people won't be predicting or hoping that he'll win the Rumble. A lot like Sami Zayn last year, who people were kind of hoping, oh, he's going to win the Rumble and go into WrestleMania, which was never going to happen. Um, we got it in Montreal, which was a lot better, and we were there for a great time. But, you know, he was not in the Rumble match because it made no sense for him to be in the match because he was in the corner of Roman for his match against Owens. I feel like if you do Knight and Roman to the Rumble, people won't have to, you know, boo whoever wins the Rumble because it wasn't LA Knight because he'll be in the match anyway facing Roman Reigns for the championship. Yeah, I completely agree. Like I said, I'd do either that or the Pro Show. Yeah, the Perth show would make sense as well. I feel, I, you know, they could still uh, do him and Bronson Reed, right? <laughs> him and Duke Hudson, Roman Reigns. I, I'm thinking of people from Australia to have Roman Reigns' face. I, I, I mentioned Bronson last time. Isn't there someone else from Australia? Who's from, I mean, oh, Rhea Ripley, but. Rhea Ripley is. Um, I know Dakota Kai's from New Zealand. Oh, you know who I was thinking? Grayson Waller. 
Yeah, Grayson Waller. <laughs> versus Roman Reigns. It'd be like Rey Mysterio. It'd be like Ricochet versus fucking Brock at uh, Crown <laughs> yeah. Jewel. I remember that from uh, Super Showdown in, in Saudi a couple showdown, of years ago. Yeah. I knew it was a Saudi show. Yeah, it was a Saudi show. Match went all of 90 seconds. Hey, anything can happen. Um, yeah, so I, I, I would expect that soon. On the Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso front, we got to have this conversation. I'm not upset that the tag team champions, and I'm, I've, I wasn't sold on it on Sunday. And I am a little bit more open to the idea now because I really don't know where this is going. So they became tag team champions. Fun match. I'm not an, I'm not a fan of switching the belts right back to another team right after Balor and Priest won the belts a month ago, unless Priest was cashing in, which he's not. Uh, we already know the World Heavyweight title match for Crown Jewel. It's going to be Rollins and McIntyre, which is a, a good attraction for that show. We'll talk about that more in the Raw review momentarily. I know you really like Jay and uh, Cody together. They work very well. They're super over right now. To correct you from earlier, I think they're calling that finisher the Code D1D, which is... I don't know. How, I don't know if that's stupid or if that's genius, but it sounds pretty cool. The Cody one day, and it looks beautiful too. Cody almost killed himself trying to hit the move on Raw, almost landing on his neck. But the execution was cool though. Um, they're not a real team, but listen, and it doesn't finish the story either. I know people were joking about that, and, and Michael Cole even asked him about that on Monday's Raw. Where's your head at with why this is a good or not a good idea to have them as tag team champions? Or are they even long to hold those belts? Could they lose those belts right back to Judgment Day in the season premiere of Raw coming up on Monday? Um, I mean, it's definitely possible. I, I, I said this last week. I still think when I predicted them to win, I, I had mentioned this. I said, I think they could win here. I mean, I, I, I kind of assumed if they, like you said, if they won here, I thought Priest would cash in. Um, but I also think I mentioned this as well that if they win the belts here, you could have Finn and JD be the one to take the belts off judgment uh, off them because like that could finally get JD in the group. He obviously costs cost them the match here uh, with hitting Priest with the uh, briefcase. But I think that's kind of like how you could finally cement JD in the group. Him and Finn are the ones that get the belts, um, and then Priest kind of goes on his own. He's not doesn't have to worry about that and goes towards uh, cashing the briefcase in, but. I mean, I don't think they need to hold the belt too long. I, I thought it was a great moment. Um, but like I said, I think losing them to JD and uh, Finn makes makes sense to me. Does it help or hurt the tag team division, given that Cody and Jay are not a real tag team? I mean, neither were Priest and Balor, and they never didn't they didn't really defend the titles anyway. They had one defense on Raw in the month they were champions, and that was against the typical tandem of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, which made sense to do, but it's not like they went to SmackDown and defended against the LWO or the Prophets or the Raiders or another team or the New Day or something. We, we didn't get any of that. Um, again, this might they might not be long for the division, and even if Balor and McDonough become champions, I'm not sure if that does the division any justice. After the titles were defended in the main event of WrestleMania, and I was all for Owens and Zayn becoming champions, I thought they had a pretty good run because they defended and faced a variety of teams aside from just Judgment Day. They took on Pretty Deadly. They took on uh, the Prophets. They took on a number of different teams over the course of their run. Imperium being another one, and then it just then they dropped the belts and they've just kind of become props in this feud. Are you worried for the future of this division as far as the belts just becoming background noise for this rivalry, or do you think that the whoever the champions are, Cody and Jay or Balor and Priest or Balor McDonough, whoever? can actually continue the momentum they built with this division by taking the belts over to SmackDown and defending them against other teams like New Day and the Raiders and people like that? No, I, I don't think I see a problem. I also think since Zayn and Owens basically had beaten all those teams, I feel like the they beat, I mean, they literally beat everyone. So 
that's like actually in the tag team division. Like you said, they beat the Raiders. They pretty sure they beat the New Day. They beat the Prophets. They beat Alpha Academy. They beat Pretty Deadly. They beat uh, probably the Brawling Brutes. I don't know. I'm just trying to rip off every tag team I can think of off the top of my head. But um, I will say, like, what we've seen with the Raiders, like, I don't love the Raiders, but like what they've been doing with Ivar on Raw, like kind of building him up a little bit. Uh, Chad getting his spotlight. So I think they're kind of doing something, maybe trying to like build up the tag team division, like up again. Cause like I said, they all had lost to, to Zane and Owens anyway. So I think they do need to rehab the division a little bit. I'm not the biggest new day fan to begin with. And to me, it's just kind of just move on. But I think they need to rehab what they have currently, because like you said, Zane and Owens had already beaten them. I just, I don't know which tag team that's like a solidified tag team right now. Maybe besides Pretty Deadly, who has one of their members hurt, mm-hmm. it would make sense to, like, carry the division, I guess. Like, don't want to see the New Day with it again. Uh, Brawling Brutes, no thanks. Raiders, no. Elf Academy, probably not. I don't no know. Like, I, feel like there is, I feel like there really isn't a tag team right now that I'd be like, this is who you should lose it to. If anything, I'd say probably the Creed Brothers, but they're in NXT. What about the Heel Prophets? It's possible. Like I, said, I guess I, mean, I forgot about LWO as well, but... I think it, I think it's possible. Obviously, I think they're busy right now with LWO, and you could probably get there down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's pro- that's possible. Pretty deadly is actually back on Friday. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, I I'm not saying them. But... If you're going anyone out of the main roster, be one of those. I kind of forgot that the province are now heels, so they're a little bit different than when they lost to Zane and Owens. But yeah, um, I would say it's one of those two teams. Or like I said, if you called up like the Cree brothers. Um, besides that, I, I don't really want to see anyone on Raw specifically win it. Yeah, I mean, listen, the belts could go back to Owens and Zayn at some point. I wouldn't complain. I'm kind of curious what's next for them. I know the word on the street is a War Games match per Fightful. Uh, we've talked about that a lot. I, I still think, I've, I've said that was the direction for weeks now. It just makes sense. A lot of people have. Um, the belt should be in good hands. Again, I wasn't sold on the title change on Sunday. But then on Monday, they did a great job of presenting those belts as important. Uh, when they had that great main event with Owen, Zane, Jay, and Cody. Cody and Jay retaining the titles. Really fun match there. Owens and Zane kind of earning the respect of Cody and specifically Jay, which Sammy and mostly Owens were not sold on prior to Monday's Raw, and now they're all kind of on the same page. Do you think that was designed closing the show with those four baby faces embracing each other? Was meant to plant the seeds for them being on the same team come War Games next month? I believe so. Do we still think, I, I said this last week, if they do war games, what do you think they do? I mean, obviously the answer would be these four against Judgment Day. McDonough, you know, being on the heel side, obviously, not Rhea Ripley. You could do four on four. I think you can stretch this and have McIntyre turn heel, either at Crown Jewel, before Crown Jewel, after Crown Jewel, have him join the Judgment Day side, not the group, but their team, and have Rollins on the babyface side. Now, that would take away from a World Heavyweight title match at Survivor Series, but if Roman's on that show, it might not make much of a difference. Yeah, I mean, it really depends what you see. I mean, I've seen people, like, say, like, six on six, and then you have, like, Cena and Knight on the babyface mm-hmm. team. Um, I think it was, like, them versus Mysterio, Priest, Balor, uh, Solo, Jimmy, and Drew. I mean... That'd be pretty fucking sick. But like I said, what else? I feel like I don't know what else you even complete the rest of the card with. I mean, that's so many people. Um, but no, I think, I mean, I think these four specifically, definitely, um, like I said, I guess you could stretch it out depending on what else you want to do. I'd rather have Drew in it than McDonough at this point. Um, but like I said, it really depends on what they do with him. I feel like he's 
Like, he's, is he in the group? Like, I feel like he's not technically even in the <laughs> No, he's right not, now. yeah. Officially so, not. Like, I feel like they need to do something to kind of finally get him in. That's why I kind of pitched them winning the tag belts to kind of, like, solidify him in the group. Um, but I, if it was came down to 4v4, I'd rather Drew be in it than, uh, than JD. Okay, all right. Yeah, if it was down to 4v4, I, I would agree with that. Um, hopefully he is made an official member, uh, McDonough, that is, in the next couple of weeks, because he's been teetering on the line of whether he is or isn't for, for a while, pretty much since right after SummerSlam. Um, but speaking of McDonough and the Judgment Day and the Raw side of things and whatnot, it was pretty apparent on Monday that a change in just direction was made with Raw going forward. I've enjoyed Raw lately, even with Vince McMahon being back since Mania. I've enjoyed both of the shows for the most part since Mania. They have not been bad shows. I will... You couldn't drag me in a time machine back to 2018 or 2013 or whatever on the 10 years we've been doing this show. It's funny, we started doing the show around the time where the product got just fucking awful. And it's not been terrible consistently since then, but it's been pretty bad. Especially around the fall time the last couple of years. I mean, recent years, five years ago, ten years ago, oh my god, it was just dreadful. Um, but lately it's been good, and I feel like on Monday it felt like a shift in creative direction. Now that's no coincidence, because it came out earlier that day from Mike Johnson at PW Insider, that Triple H has essentially been knighted, in his words, by Endeavor as the new creative mastermind behind WWE. And that, not that Vince McMahon won't make changes, or he doesn't have any input, he does have input, but from week to week... They will go with what Triple H wants, and 99% of what we see on the show will be attributed to Triple H. The good, the bad, and the ugly. We're kind of back to a year ago when Triple H seemed to be solely in charge of creative. This is not our first time in this position. This was the exact same song and dance a year ago. Vince obviously came back. I wouldn't put it past him for the same thing to happen again. Um, And we got some bad shit a year ago, too. I mean, the the product was enjoyable, but not everything was great, and you have to blame Triple H for the bad as, as well as the good. Um, but what are your thoughts on, on that news as far as Triple H being back in complete creative control of the company? I feel like after what we saw on Raw, they're in good hands between what they're doing with the Intercontinental Championship. I'm looking forward to Bronson and Gunter next week. That sounds cool. Uh, a lot of women were featured on Raw this week. Tegan Knox getting a championship opportunity. I mean, it was pretty evident from watching that show that there's been a change of direction compared to where it was even a couple of weeks ago. No, you can definitely tell just by who was featured, what was on the show, that there definitely was some kind of changing of the guard or different direction. I think I like what they did with Bronson, the women all over the show. Uh, I thought it was a good touch. Um, I just feel like everything was like laid out better. Um, they started right with the match with the Viking Raiders, I believe. I don't think they had a segment. I think it was right, right through that. Because um, Cody and, and Jay was later on in the show. Um, I, I, I think just changing up the format also helps. Like, and they always start with like, no, they always always start with their interview segment. It's not always the greatest. I like how I think like I said, I'm pretty sure this week they start off with the Viking Rules match, unless I'm blanking out on what actually started the show. But I think just featuring new people kind of get the divisions going when they need to, um, and just adding more interesting stuff that's not based around the title pitch. Like I said, Tegan been on the show. Uh, Zia Lee came out of uh, the milk car and they finally found her. Uh, I like her, so I'm glad they found her again. I don't know where she went. Um, but no, I think it's a good show. You can definitely tell, uh, by who's featured and what they've been doing, uh, that there's clearly a creative change. Is there reason to be optimistic for the Triple H era again here in WWE going forward? Um, I don't think so. I saw comments today that the guy that owns TKO or UFC, whatever, he basically said that he thinks the stock went down because of Vince. So it doesn't seem like they're too happy with Vince right now. Just all the shit that he's been going through and all the bad publicity he's been bringing the company. So I think, 
this report of him being knighted, I think I'm not worried about Vince anymore. Yeah, no, no, I'm just I'm just optimistic about the product just in general going forward. I mean, we've seen a lot of subtle storytelling lately. I mean, this kind of gives us hope that a lot of these long-term stories, which were which is the same, again, the same case a year ago, where they didn't rush into the bloodline turning on Sami Zayn. They didn't rush into him and Owens reuniting. They didn't rush into Cody, I mean, Cody Rhodes came back in the Rumble. But it feels like they were doing a lot of long-term storytelling a year ago, and a lot of that stuff got paid off. I mean, they do long-term stories that aren't great, like Becky and Trish. That was just, that dragged on for way too long. Um, but do you think we'll start to see more of that stuff going forward as far as the long-term storytelling heading into WrestleMania as opposed to blowing things off so quickly? Yeah, I think they. I think what they're kind of alluding to, I, I like what's going on. I think getting more people involved is nice and just, I think it helps flush out like all the storylines. So uh, I'm actually happy with what they're doing. I'm enjoying Raw right now, my man. I'm enjoying SmackDown too. I think they have, uh, again, a good solid lineup of where they're going with certain storylines and uh you know i'm looking forward to the season premiere of smackdown tomorrow night as well as raw coming up on monday i mentioned the intercontinental championship being defended with bronson reed and gunter we have a falls count anywhere match next week with uh, shinsuke nakamura and ricochet cody and jay will run it back with judgment day for the tag team titles on raw but coming up first on smackdown we got roman reigns returning for the first time in two months uh, Triple H making an appearance and pretty deadly back in action against the Brawling Brutes. Uh, what are you looking forward to from SmackDown tomorrow night? Uh, I mean, Roman being back, I, I pray for Jimmy specifically. Um, but I, I'm glad for Roman to come back and need him back on the show. I feel like that's kind of what's been missing for SmackDown a little bit. Um, like the pretty deadly coming back is nice. Um, and Triple H's big announcement. I could only imagine what's going to be. Now, that's my question. What do you think it's going to be? I mean, I see people saying they're going to split the tag belts. I'm not going to say that's definitely going to be it, but I think it's something like that. Split the tag belts. Could you imagine they would split the tag titles the week that Cody Rhodes becomes champion and it allows him to go to SmackDown? They would switch the tag. They would split the tag titles, just disallowing. I mean, I guess it doesn't even really matter, right? Like, he wasn't tag team champion a week ago when he showed up on SmackDown anyway, so I guess it doesn't even matter. Yeah, he has free range. It doesn't really matter if he has the ball. <laughs> they're, they're all free range. They don't give a shit. Uh, the brand split means the brand split just means absolutely nothing. So it hardly matters. Um, new tag titles would be nice. I wouldn't split the tag titles. Would you? Or w- would you want to see two different? Well, maybe tag I'm titles? going with new belts. The belts right now sucks. So maybe I'll just go with that. New belts. We got new belts with everything else. But Roman got a new belt. The women got new belts. The tag titles were the only thing that we haven't had. You know, new belts. Uh, you know, crowned yet. And we've had undisputed tag team champions for a year and a half. So it's pretty lazy that we haven't gotten them already. Hopefully we get them uh, coming up on SmackDown this week. I assume they said not an announcement. They just said an appearance. So hearing that, I think, well, he'll just show up at the beginning of the show, welcome people to SmackDown, and then that'll be it. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's typical WWE. We'll find out on Friday. Uh, last thing here before we uh, wind down here, Mr. Marceau, obviously the big story of the week behind, you know, in addition to everything else we already talked about, NXT and Dynamite um, this past Tuesday going head-to-head for the first time in a while. I think they went head-to-head about a year ago and they did title Tuesday on Tuesday. NXT was already on Tuesdays at that point. But it wasn't a big deal because no one gave a shit about NXT. Um, NXT's been gaining a lot more momentum lately. We talked about it last week. No Mercy being such a successful show. Um, we have Deadline coming up in December. A lot of main roster influence right now in NXT. And I thought they put forth their best effort. Now, the question is, Cody Rhodes will not be there every week. John Cena, The Undertaker, Asuka will not be there every week. Does this translate to actual long-term uh, viewership, sustained viewership for NXT. They did, I think, 921,000, I want to say, was the number for Tuesday. 
And then Dynamite did, I want to say, 605,000, so a pretty wide margin. Um, I mean, again, a lot of questions that come out of this, but your thoughts on the war, so to speak, on Tuesday, who you think had the better show, and your thoughts on the ratings that came out of it. Um, I think I think NXT will be fine. Um, they've been doing good numbers without kind of loading up the show. I think last week was like 850, 865. I feel like their numbers have been pretty consistent the last couple months. Uh, granted, they've had like Dominic and Rhea on the show because he's the champion. Becky's been on the show. Um, but I also think they've been doing good work. Uh, Ilya champion, Carmelo kind of going after him. Started the women's breakout tournament. Uh, obviously, Cody announced a couple more tournaments coming up as well. Um, but no, I, I think for what they what they got, I mean, I thought it'd be a little bit closer. I think it was like you said, I think it was like 951 or 921 to like 600. I mean, so it's a pretty big win there. Um, people saying, oh, you know, that scene on the show and all that stuff. I mean, I get it, but I mean, I don't understand why people are complaining. It's like that's their night. They don't want to lose. Um, Dynamite went to their night. I thought both shows were pretty good. I, I enjoyed NXT a little bit more. I, I, some of the booking decisions in AEW right now just boggle my mind. Um, but I thought it was a good show. Uh, just a quick takeaway. Honestly, you're going to laugh your ass off. I honestly think one of my favorite parts of the show, I, Lola Vice, I, I, I really like her. I think <laughs> you did not expect that, but I think um, I think she should win the breakout tournament. I, wow. I really like her. Uh, I, I mean, she has the look. Um, she has like the shooting background of fighting in Bellator. Mm-hmm. I think she has a very bright future. Uh, they showed tri- Tiffany Stratton as well. I mean, she didn't wrestle, but I don't know. NXT, for some reason, can just, like, pump out great women performers, and I think Lola Vice definitely has a bright future. Stratton, Roxanne was on the show as well, and she's amazing. I don't know. I guess that was my biggest takeaway. I feel like I saw a ton of women, and I just don't know what's in the water in NXT, but they always pump out good ones. I mean, that, that, yeah, that's been the case for a long time. I mean, the entire division right now in Raw and SmackDown came out of NXT. A lot of the women in AEW came out of NXT. Soraya, Tony Storm, Ruby Soho. Not that they had no experience prior to arriving in WWE, obviously, but they had the platform in WWE, and they made the most of it, and they were having great runs all respectively in, uh, in AEW, among other women as well. Um, but yeah, and the Lola Vice thing is funny, because she's still very, very green. But, um, you know, she won her match. She advanced in the tournament. Were you familiar with her from her Bellator background or no? I think I saw her fight, like, one time. as on, like, Spike when Bellator was back on Spike. Uh, but I know, like, when she came over, like, they, she had, like, a decent little buzz. She had, like, a decent amount of buzz before she signed. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they kind of, like, took away her name, and she went right to wrestling. But, no, I, I think she's good. Um, like I said, definitely green still. I'm not saying she's, like, the greatest thing ever. But for what for her and Palmer, I mean, who's also very green, I thought they had a pretty solid match, honestly, for two women with uh, little experience. I thought that was probably one of my biggest takeaways just because everything else had such, like, main roster put on it and, like, had, yeah. like, the – like, that was, like, the one, like, true NXT thing. And I honestly thought it shined, honestly. That's what, <laughs> like, was my biggest takeaway. I thought, like, everything else obviously had – like a little nice sparkly paint on it, but that one was kind of like what NXT has been uh, the last month, and I, I really enjoyed it. It was just so funny. They're announcing the op- the opening segment is Cody Rhodes is out there. He's the GM for the night we found out. He's making these announcements about the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic coming back. We knew that. We kind of figured that would be his announcement. A men's breakout tournament. I-, I don't know how many fucking tournaments they're doing and how many announcements they're doing, but WWE Shawn Michaels and true Tony Khan mode right now. Uh, Twitter, you know, antics aside, he's, he's, he's pulling a Tony Khan with all these announcements and tournaments and whatnot. 
Um, but that opening segment had me dying, though, because they set up Ilya and Dominic for the NXT Championship, which isn't really out of the ordinary, because Dominic's on the show weekly. Like, it makes sense. And they appoint LA Knight as the special guest referee. I love LA Knight. He got a great reaction. I'm just like, the fuck did this come from? This is so random. So random. Um, they just really pulled out all the stops to beat AEW, and they did by a pretty wide margin, like I mentioned. But that, going off of the women's match that you mentioned, it's funny you bring that up. Do you think the new eyes that NXT got on Tuesday, I think they would have hit a million if it wasn't for Dynamite. I, I'm actually kind of impressed that that many people watched NXT, even with Dynamite on. And same thing for Dynamite. I'm surprised that many people watched Dynamite with NXT on. Um, I feel like the audiences have shrunk in the last couple of years. And there's a lot of, there is crossover between the two brands. I can guarantee you of that. But do you think the people that tuned in to watch the Takers and the Cenas and the Cody's and people like that, will stick around and were impressed by what they saw from Lola Vice or Ilya Dragunov, Carmelo, Braun. I will say the Oscar Roxanne match was actually pretty underwhelming. That was only like six minutes for some reason. I have no idea why. That was really disappointing. Um, but the other stuff, though, I thought shined, and I thought they did a good job of putting the shine on the current talent. Like, I know Taker laid out Braun Breaker. Typically, you know, people were all upset about that. It didn't really bother me. Braun's on his way out of the brand anyway. You know, they had a segment. He, he put over Carmelo Hayes to take her, which was a sight to see. Um, the size difference there, and I love Carmelo. I thought that was a cool moment. But do you think the new eyes on NXT on Tuesday will translate to new viewers for people like Lola Vice and uh, Carmelo Braun, etc., etc.? I think so. I thought it was, like I said, I thought it was a solid show. So I think, like I said, I, honestly, one of the things I really didn't like was how, like, the fans just, like, went so on LA night, like, chanting from the entire match. Like, that's just annoying. Like, who thinks that's good? Like, that's so annoying, like, chanting, yeah, a thousand times during the match. Like, people were more worried about chanting that than that watching Hayes uh, Dragunov versus Dominic, which mm -hmm. was actually a decent match. I also didn't really care for how, like, the Cody segment took 20 minutes. Like, you have commercial free for 30 minutes, so, like, speed this shit up. Like, you don't need to see Cody, like, announcing 30 tournaments. But uh, mm -hmm. I think so. Like I said, for what they had for, like, NXT product, I thought it was good. I thought the pub fight between Gallus and uh, British Strong Style was good as well. Um, I like Gallus. I know not a lot of people do, but I like Gallus. <laughs> I know you do. Um, <laughs> but no, I thought it was a solid show. Like I said, I think even, uh, I can't think of the woman's name. I think her last name is Jordan. She won the breakout tournament last week. I think she's, she has like a good look and she's pretty decent as well. Um, but no, I, I think that, like I said, the show's been doing well uh, ratings-wise anyways. Um, obviously with Halloween Havoc coming up. Uh, well, Becky back on the show. Her and Lyra will be nice. Next week we got her and Tegan. But I think what they're doing is good. Like I said, I think the mixture between like the Corbins and the Beckys and uh, Butch and Ridge and kind of like all the main roster people they have, they kind of have intertwined well in NXT. And I think it's made it a lot, I don't know, a lot more enjoyable, but definitely gives the people that are more green like a better spotlight. It left me looking forward to next week. Dijak, uh, Corbin, and Hayes in a triple threat number one contenders match. Sign me up. That sounds awesome. And I honestly genuinely do not know who's going to win that one. So I'm looking forward to that match. Uh, coming up uh, next week and talking more wrestling with you next week, brother, here on WrestleRant Radio for October 12, 2023. This has been uh, quite the new era episode of the show, so uh, great time chatting as always. We'll be back at it next week. New episodes every single Thursday, WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show. Never miss a new episode every single Thursday. Uh, thanks as always, Mr. Marceau. Great time chatting with you per usual, and we'll catch back up with you next week. We'll talk to you later, pal. Adios, brother.